Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome to episode three of the Leadership is Female podcast. Today's guest is Jenna Burns, the Senior Vice President of the Oklahoma City Dodgers. She is a phenomenal leader in sports and offers you so much great insight today. Little bit of a spoiler alert, Jenna's favorite quote is by Oprah, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And I want to start us off today just by thinking a little bit about that, because I think if I were to have guessed what quote Jenna would have said today uh, or shared with us, this just might have been it, because Jenna is, uh, is one tough leader who demands excellence, but is also incredibly intelligent and uh, such such a great mentor for so many of her staff and so many across the league. She's really got it all, and uh, today she brings you all of that insight. So settle in, listen up, and uh, be prepared to take some notes as we hear from the fabulous Jenna Burns. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Today, we are so lucky to have Jenna Burns, the Senior Vice President of the Oklahoma City Dodgers, who has been with the organization since 2012 on the podcast. Uh, Jenna is dedicated to leading the revenue generating efforts of the organization with an emphasis in ticket sales, marketing, and special events. Jenna has a concentration on designing and implementing business strategies, plans, and procedures. In her time with the Dodgers, the team has increased attendance by 21% and maximized opportunity for non-baseball programming at the ballpark for businesses, nonprofits, and members of the community. In addition to her revenue responsibilities, Jenna focuses on leadership and professional development for all of the full-time staff members of the organization with a focus on internal communication and company culture. She serves as a resource for other industry executives and was recognized as the 2013 and 2015 Pacific Coast League Female Executive of the Year. In 2016, Jenna was named a member of OKC.biz 40 Under 40, and she's also had an opportunity to contribute her perspective on finding your baseball why to the GM's handbook published in 2018, which hit number one in 11 of Amazon's book categories. Prior to arriving in Oklahoma, Jenna was a senior director of ticket sales for the Frisco Rough Riders. And with her leadership, the team had consistent growth in sales to lead AA baseball in attendance during each of her seven seasons. Freaking all-star. Burns is involved in OKC community with her participation in Leadership Oklahoma City, class number 37, Leadership Oklahoma City Loyal Program, class number nine, 
as well as her service on nonprofit boards, including the Oklahoma City Dodgers Baseball Foundation, the Bricktown Board of Directors, and the YMCA Oklahoma City. She is also involved with Strata Leadership Institute for Emerging Leaders, where she serves on their advisory council. Jenna is originally from Somerset, Ohio, and has made a home with her husband, Michael, and daughters, Peyton and Camden, in Nichols Hills. In their spare time, they appreciate sharing their love of travel with their children, enjoying live music, and watching some college football. Welcome to the podcast, Jenna. So excited to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I read your bio, but I would love to hear from you if you could summarize who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, so um, you really covered a lot of things. Um, but uh, but yeah, so my name's Jenna Burns. I'm with the Oklahoma City Dodgers baseball team. Um, I have um, been in minor league baseball full-time in a full-time capacity for about 16 years. Um, before that, um, I was able to go and do a couple internships when I was in college um, that really helped craft kind of my direction and, and helped me understand um, not just what I wanted to do, but I think most importantly, what I didn't want to do, which I think is a great thing that internships can provide to you. Um, as you had, had mentioned, I, I live in, in Oklahoma um, with, uh, with my husband and my two daughters. Um, and so that really uh, keeps me on my toes. And um, as far as what I, what I do, um, I oversee um, a, a, a great part of our organization as it relates to um, revenue generation. Um, ticket sales is really the area I'm most passionate about and, um, and really what, um, what drives our business, as, as you know. Um, and so leading those, um, the strategy piece of that is something that I've, that I've really grown into um, after leading a, a sales team and, and department. So, um, so that's really a little bit more about me. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about um, your day-to-day -day role, um, season-to-season role as senior VP mm -hmm. of the Oklahoma City Dodgers? Yeah, so one of the things that I really appreciate and, and really like is that for me, no two days look the same. Um, and that variety is has always been something that keeps things interesting and, and keeps me going. So um, the departments that I work directly with, I'd mentioned ticket sales. I also work um, quite a bit with, um, with marketing and communications, um, as well as our game presentation um, and then special events. And so we, we do a lot to, um, to utilize the ballpark um, for non-Dodgers events. And so that's been a, a key driver and actually one for us right now that, um, that Oklahoma's were able to host events. And so that's been kind of the, the one area of revenue generation that we've been able to, to do right now. So talk a little bit more about um, being a leader in revenue, being the leader in ticket sales. Um, that role is very often held by um, our, our male friends, our male counterparts. Um, what's it like to, to be a woman leading the, the revenue area of your business? Yeah, so I mentioned um, my internships, and when I um, when I was going through, I held you know I was a promotions intern or a marketing intern, and and that was really where a lot of my background was. 
Um, and it wasn't until I got a full-time opportunity with the Frisco Rough Riders to be a group sales coordinator um, that I really found out anything about sales. You know, I think a lot of times we psych ourselves out as it relates to sales because everybody thinks that, oh, I don't want to be pushy or I don't, you know, I, that's, that's not for me or I can't make a hundred calls or whatever that looks like. Um, but for me, I had worked really hard to get a full-time opportunity. And so literally like whatever that job was going to be, like I was going to take it. Right. So I started in sales and honestly, I was really pretty bad at it for like the first like 10 or 11 months probably. Um, and then it just like something clicked. Right. And I think that everyone I tell people, um, when they join our organization in a sales role, I was like, look, you're going to have, you're going to have to grind this out a little bit and you're going to have some struggles. Um, but at some point, and I can't guarantee when that will be, but all of this will make sense to you. And when it does, you're going to be surprised at just how good you can be at this. Um, and so, and I hear from people frequently that they have that experience and usually it's in that like transition from their first to second year selling and, and some of those things. So, um, so that for me, so it clicked and I was like, well, this is super fun. Cause obviously like if you're good at something, it, it's more fun. Um, and especially in group sales, it felt like I was like just planning parties and that's fun. So, um, so for me, um, having that, that piece of, of fun, it has always been a driving force for me. Um, and so I want to make sure that when we have people that are on our team, like a team that's having a good time is, is a much better performing team than, than one that isn't. So, um, so we want to keep things fun, but we also, you know, we, we have a, a pretty heavily, uh, high competitive nature, um, about us. And so, um, and so we also go and do a lot to continue with that. But your question of what it's like to be female specifically in, in this role um, is always an interesting one. And I get, and I bet you do get asked this also, like I get asked so many times, like, what's it like to be a woman working in sports? And I, like I said, I've been doing this for a while and I still feel like I don't have a great answer um, because it's not something that I really think about all that much. It's something that like, I've always been female and I've always worked in sports. And so I don't really know the comparison. I don't know any different. Um, and so, and so when I get asked that question, sometimes I kind of fumble around for an answer, but, um, but I, I will share with you, you know, a couple things that, that have always been important for me is authenticity and showing up every day and being the best I can. And so those things, I don't know that they, those wouldn't likely change um, in a different role. Um, but I think the, the important thing is that it's my responsibility to lead a team and, and, and that's what I have to do. So the best way for me to do that is to just be myself and to show up every day and be the best I can. That's awesome. Can you share with us what are the keys to success for the salespeople who work for you. So what are the things that you can really hone in on or coach on um, to help them find success in their role? You've led so many ticket sales folks in your career. Can you identify some of those pieces for us? Yeah, so there's, we have a pretty robust interview process 
Um, and that I think is the key for us for finding the, the talent that we, that we need. Um, we invest a ton of time and training and resources into, into our ticket sales team. Um, and so if we're gonna do that, we wanna make sure we have the right people that we are making that investment in. And so, um, so our, our interview strategy and practice is, is really robust. Um, and that's, that's been a key difference maker for us. Um, and I think that one of the things that, that we want to go and learn about people is, is we want to know who, like who they are, right? Like you, you show up for an interview and when I am interviewing someone, I'm thinking in my mind, this is the best version of you I will ever see. Right. Um, and I think sometimes we find ourselves in a spot that we're like, ah, uh, you know what? I, I don't know if I loved these four things about this person but we really need someone here. And so we're just gonna, let's just do it and, and hope for the best. Um, and usually when you are hiring and like kind of looking for a warm body, like that's all that you'll get. And so we wanna make sure if we're gonna do this investment um, and have this partnership with somebody that it's, it's worth our time. Um, we ask a lot of interesting questions during the interview process that aren't necessarily related to your resume, um, but more who you are as a person. Um, what we will find is that oftentimes you hire someone based off their competency. You will usually fire someone based off their character. And so if you can learn a little bit more about who they are as a person in the interview process, that sets you up for a better, for a better long-term relationship with them. Um, as far as some of the key characteristics and traits, um, if you don't have a positive attitude, sales is not for you. It will, it just won't work. You will, you won't have the right mindset every day. You won't be able to come in, um, and do the things that you need to do to be successful. Um, and then the other one is just, I like for people to be naturally curious. I think that's also incredibly helpful. Um, I can coach in a lot of things, but sometimes like the curiosity piece of that is not as easy to train people on. Um, but I just, I think that people are interesting just kind of as a rule. I think people are, are just kind of cool to learn about. Um, and so we want people who are going to ask those extra questions to learn more about their customer, to learn more about their client who could be potentially, um, potentially utilizing our, our product for, to help drive their business. Um, and by asking those questions, that's the only way that you really find what is going to work best for them. That's awesome. Um, really, really great points there. I want to highlight number one was interview tough. So you only get that first chance to, to ask the hard questions <laughs> in that interview before you bring that person on board and um, sometimes making the decision to continue on with other candidates um, is, is much easier than having to let somebody go um, down the line. Um, and then the two qualities you highlighted were positive attitude and, and curiosity uh, is what really helps to make a successful salesperson. So I want to ask you, Jenna, what was the tipping point in your career to secure the position of the senior vice president? with the OKC Dodgers? So in our organization, we focus a lot on promotion from within. Um, and part of it goes back to the hiring tough in the, in the interview process. Um, but we 
we look for people who are going to be invested in our organization. Um, and so in 2015, um, we had someone who was a sales manager who was really ready for their next step. Um, and, uh, and I had also been in that role for about four or five years. Um, and I was looking for, for my next opportunity as well. And so, um, so I proposed a new role. It wasn't, there was no senior vice president in our company. Um, but it was something that I felt like would be a good, um, kind of a, a good thing to bridge the gap for, um, for our team president to have, um, some additional ground cover. And then also for me to learn a little bit more about other parts of our business. And so, um, before that I was vice president of ticket sales. And so that's really where my, that was where my, my information, my background, my perspective was, was coming from. And so being able to go and take on other pieces of our business really helped me grow. Um, I am a big, I'm a big proponent that no one can care more about my career path than I do. And so if, if I am noticing an opportunity, um, it's my responsibility to, to share that and to, and to create a, a plan. Um, I know you really like quotes. I really like quotes. Also, um, one of my favorites is uh, the best way to predict your future is to create it. Um, and that was what I did. Um, so I put a job description together, um, scheduled a meeting with our team president and, and pitched the, uh, the idea to him. Um, and uh, not only for the um, not only focusing just on that it was something that was important to me, um, but also sharing that this was really the only way to grow someone else in our, in our organization um, that had contributed at a high level and, and was ready for their next opportunity. But most importantly, how it was going to benefit the organization. Um, and I think a lot of times when people are, get really focused on, well, I need something more or I need something bigger or better, they don't take that step back and think, how does this positively impact the company that I, that I work for? Um, because at the end of the day, when you pitch this to your, to your manager, that's what, that's what they need to know to be able to go and to be able to feel good about that. Those are some really incredible points. I hope everyone was listening closely to the way that Jenna prepared for that pitch, um, her own pitch for her new role, and then the way that you focused on the we, on the company, not, not the I and what it would do for you. Um, I think when you, when you move forward to in benefit to the organization that you're with and also in benefit to the other people um, within the organization, like that's when your pitch is going to land and you put in all the work ahead of time to, to really go in prepared. So um, want to also ask you, we talked about tipping points, but what are some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome in your career? So I would, I would probably say the biggest hurdle um, that I've had to overcome is navigating maternity leave. Um, and just to preface, like my children are wonderful, so I don't necessarily want to like put them out there as like they're a big challenge that I have to overcome. Um, they are great. However, maternity leave in an, in a, um, in an industry that 
doesn't often face that is a little bit more challenging. Um, and so I, so I had been with our, um, with our team for, um, for about four and a half years. Um, I personally, I waited, um, until I was a little bit more established in my career before I, before I decided to have kids. Um, that was important to me because I knew that I would have a little bit more flexibility in that, um, in that time frame. And so, um, uh, that was a, a pretty key, that was a pretty key decision. So, um, I'm also a pretty big believer that if you, if there's something that's important to you, you'll figure out a way to make it happen. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy. Um, and so that was a, that was a thing that was definitely a reoccurring theme during my maternity leave. However, um, going back to, to similar, um, to the pitch of when, um, I, asked for my promotion, um, I created a plan. So I, uh, so I essentially, um, had made the decision after I was pregnant. Um, I waited for quite a while before discussing it with the staff. Um, because I think that as much as like an announcement that somebody's pregnant should really be celebrated, people can't help, but think to themselves, like, how does this affect me? You know, so people who reported to me, I knew that that was going to be their, their mindset. And so I wanted to anticipate that and, and make sure that they had an appreciation that like, there's a plan here and, and we're going to work the plan and everything's going to be fine. Um, and so basically I took a lot of the responsibilities that I was going to need to, uh, that I was going to need to get coverage for. Um, and I, figured out who was going to do what and recreated some job descriptions. Um, I found money to create bonus opportunities for, for performance um, while I was out. Um, and so I felt like that put us in a good place. So then I was able to say, Hey, I'm pregnant. I'm due in July and this is how this affects you. This is what we're going to do over the next, the next several months. This is how you're going to be trained to take over some of these opportunities this is some of the growth opportunity that's there for you. Um, and here are some things that I anticipate after I return from my maternity leave that will stay with you. And this is how that's going to be reflected with your compensation. So, so going through that, um, was, uh, was important. And I, I don't know, I always like to think about if I'm on the other side of this conversation, like how do I receive this information? Right? So like, if somebody tells me this, what are questions that I would think? Because then that way it kind of helps me anticipate what they, you know, what their needs are and, um, and things like that. So if I were on the other side of that conversation, the things I would want to know is that I would want clarity on the situation. Um, and I would want to make sure that I was compensated for my work. And so those were the, those were the things that I made sure to provide to other people. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's such a tricky situation to, to navigate. Um, but you know, it, when you guys get to know Jenna, um, she has a plan for everything. And I think that's been the key to her success. Yeah. I should also just add just a couple additional comments to that. So that was how I did it for the first time. I have two daughters. Um, I took a full three months off for both. That was important to me. Um, to make sure that, um, that I had the time to, uh, um, to go and kind of figure out what I was doing. 
And also just a quick side note, like maternity leave with my first one was a real shit show. And so going into it, if I would have had a different plan in mind of that, I was going to be able to get all of this work done. I would have been, it would have been a really, uh, a really rude awakening. Um, going into the second, my second child, um, I had an employment contract that was up right around the same time that I was, um, that I was planning to, uh, to have a second. Um, and so for that one, I was able to negotiate to be paid 70% of my salary during the three months of leave. Um, and I think that oftentimes people will think like, well, should I be able to do that? Or they're, you know, they're unsure of it. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I still, I still worked over maternity leave. I didn't like, I didn't put in 40 hours a week, but I was still pretty available. And I felt like that, that compensation was something that, that I deserved. And I think what's really relevant here is that there is no one, one way to navigate maternity leave. Um, that plan can be really specific to the individual and their goals with the company and the company's goals for that individual. And with everything, there is always room to negotiate when you are the most prepared person in the room. So take that to heart um, for those, whether you're planning a family or um, you're planning your next vacation or, or dog adoption. I mean, literally it applies to everything. Be the one with the plan and you'll often be the one who, who wins. Um, Jenna, tremendous information. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to, to wrap up today um, with you. One, if you've got anything else that you want to share on the Leadership is Female podcast. And then two, I know you shared a quote with us already. So um, share that again and, and reiterate that um, how important that is to you um, or, or share something new. Yeah. So um, so first of all, Emily, thank you for having me on here. This is great. Um, any time spent um, with you is, I think, a good investment for me. But, um, you know, one of the things that you and I always joke about is, um, and we've, we've been on, on panel discussions before, um, and people will oftentimes ask, like, and this kind of goes, I guess, maybe a little bit with the, the personal side and maternity leave, but, um, but one of the key things that that we both like to say is marry well. Um, so when you find someone that you want to be in a committed relationship with, um, you know, being, being a female and having some of the family responsibilities, if you will, um, can be really challenging if you don't have a committed partner and someone who is just as invested in you um, in, from a professional standpoint as, as you need them to be. Um, and that's, I think that's always been a key thing for me as well. And those are things that like people, for some reason, women shy away from talking about stuff like this because it's like, it's like, we don't want people to know that those are things that we have to consider, but we do. And, and that's important. And if we can all, I think just, um, just kind of put some of that aside and, and really share some of that more personal stuff with each other. I think that that helps, that helps elevate everyone. Um, it helps people have an appreciation that like, I have two daughters um, and a husband and he works also and we have to have a big scheduling conversation to start every week and we have to figure that out and I would bet that you and Sean do too and so um, you know and so I think that those are some of the things that um, that really do separate us a little bit 
um, from, from our male counterparts. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> and um, i just so happy that you brought that up because it is really important and key to both of our successes is having a committed partner who you share a lot of the key points that you spoke about today in the interview, that clarity um, mm -hmm. for who's responsible for what, that clarity in what you're going after in your career. Um, it's so important to have those conversations and be aligned as a family unit um, as, as you grow. Yeah, and as far as your question on quotes, um, I have two because I am, I guess, just bad at following directions and only having one, but they kind of work together. So I felt like it was okay. Um, the, uh, the first one is, is just one of my favorite things, um, which is if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I think that, you know, once you continue to grow, um, from a professional standpoint and personally, your time just gets allocated in different ways um, and your um, you know the things that that are important to you change um, and continue to evolve and it's also important that you make sure your responsibilities and where you commit your time reflects that um, I think oftentimes something that like that was maybe something that was important to me six years ago doesn't mean I have to continue to serve on that board or doesn't mean I have to continue to volunteer there if my time is being is better spent someplace else. Um, and so I think that, you know, when you are, when you are finding that you are, you're saying yes to too many things, it, it doesn't, it doesn't let you be the best you can be for the things that you're really passionate about. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, Oprah said this, so you know, it's good. Um, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And so I say that to my staff a lot. Um, and because uh, there are certain things that we, we have to do. Um, but if you are committed to the cause or you're committed to the, um, to the organization, then just get into it because you can't get out of it. Solid gold, as always. Uh, Jenna Burns, everyone, one of my closest friends in baseball and tremendous uh, female leader. So honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing your many words of wisdom. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. Incredible interview by Jenna Burns, someone I'm so proud to call a friend and colleague. A tough, inspirational, thoughtful leader in sports. And thank you so much for sharing your generous wisdom with us today. So let's go into the top four takeaways from Jenna. Number one, to succeed in sales, you must have fun and be authentic. Show up every day to be the best you can be. The best qualities in a salesperson are a positive attitude and curiosity. Number two, as a leader, interview tough. You only get one chance to interview, and if you are really serious about adding this person to your team, ask the tough questions. Get a feel for their personality and if they'd be a good fit for your organization. You can never go back and ask those hard questions again, so don't be afraid to interview tough. Number three, when announcing her maternity leave, Jenna put herself in the shoes of her staff. What would they want to know? How would this affect me? So Jenna prepared the plan and had confidence in working the plan. Jenna even included bonus opportunities for staff performance while she was out. Number four, no one can care more about your career path than you. The best way to predict your future is to create it. How do you do that? 
Janice suggests that you think about what you want and make the role for yourself, meaning write your own job description. Use that description as a goal and work towards that next level. Then make the case and pitch your plan. Make it happen for yourself because no one can care more about your career path than you. Today's episode is sponsored by my top 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. To download your own copy of the top 10 myths, please visit my website, emilyjansen.com. I believe that if we approach our careers with intention and dedication, we can do anything. And I want to help you reach your dreams. So go ahead and head over to emilyjansen.com and download yourself a copy of the top 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us.